0: Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come
1: through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort.
2: You might not think that a few simple words could make you crave McDonald's breakfast sandwiches. But if you listen closely to the sound of me saying
1: McGriddles, McMuffin, you might be wrong. so set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to keepitfunohio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. You
2: gotta deal with damn the swifties this year. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like was there well tell us about that. Was there ever a moment during the year where you were like, whoa. You know, told your wife in secret. Like, I don't know. This might be too much for us.
3: She sincerely enjoys the game. Yeah, and kind of behind the scenes, she uh, you know to fit in. I I, she didn't even know she was doing this. I don't think. But you know, she likes to cook. So. She made the offensive lineman these homemade pop tarts Oh wow. So it was over. What? Right, was <laughs> Taylor over. Smith yeah. homemade yeah. pop tarts. Yeah, so it was over. She knew right where to go. The right to go. Yeah. Did, did, you did you get one? To them? Did you gave you the rest of the it's team? Right. Did they give <laughs> you one? You no, know, she didn't give me one. I'm like, <laughs> damn.
0: <laughs> and the offensive lineman definitely didn't. Give me one. <laughs> right. <laughs> You know, that was the biggest news to come out of the first day of the Scouting Combine. With all the different coaches and general managers. Oh, wait, I'm supposed to do the scene set. I've Come already on! Failed. Would you learn that's how to Lucas host stadium. That's, that's Lucas damn show? That's Lucas Oil Stadium. In this is Indianapolis. I mean, where is everybody? A, B, C. Where the hell is everybody today? I'm, Yesterday, I know you, it was right. jam packed. Today it's seven a.m. Everybody's hungover. I think. Oh, definitely. There's definitely Not some me, people baby. out. I got plenty of sleep last night. I feel great. Did they? Uh, you didn't get the pressure to go out? No. I mean, that's
2: the one thing about this trip. It's always like, hey, we're gonna go to here nope. to the bar. Do you want to go here? Nope. nope. Had you work know. to do.
0: Had to go to sleep.
2: We were in Vegas for. You know, nine days, right? So I also was like a little bit of uh, uh, overkill that nine days. Then had a little vacation, right? So you know me, I don't have a break. So it's like it's I press the gas and I go, and it's too much. Drinking, all, gas, smoky, no right? all, gas, all gas, no, no breaks, right? All gas, no breaks. I have not seen Happy yes. Chris yet this week. <laughs> well, so Happy he was Chris there. been making the rounds. He was there last night. You, you gotta know, but you dished about, us. You got to be
0: careful about half of that in 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 indiana i you, everybody keeps saying that be careful about it that everywhere. but i smell it
2: everywhere so i joined the party
0: and i added to the smell that's what i do <laughs> i mean come All on. Right. well but, uh you got two more days before the authorities will show up here and just make an arrest <laughs> at the indiana convention center today things will start a little more slowly we were on the air from 12 to 3 yesterday we ended up having 15 different coaches and general managers it was just dizzying and once we were live like we taped some before once we got going, you just, you, here comes this guy. Here comes that guy. You guys get on the roll, guy, and, and we you're like, it's great. We go. You
2: haven't seen these guys. It's good to talk to them.
0: What will happen today is we'll have some prospects coming through. Defensive linemen and linebacker and edge rushers are going to be coming through. We've got a bunch of them maybe after the show. I don't know how many during the show, yeah. but we'll have all the clips available. You'll find them on YouTube at our NFL on NBC page. We'll po- post them on PFT. We'll, we'll see if we can... If we can get any of them to give us something as good as Andy Reid, does anybody Roosevelt? else know
2: Taylor Swift? Can we, you know, go viral any other way? I mean, seriously, even at the combine.
0: I mean, he brings her up. He talks about the homemade. Well, you brought her up. Well, I know I brought her he, up. But he, he, we didn't. I mean, he volunteered the Pop-Tart thing. Right. That mean, was not the result of some great interrogation skills by us. And he went right to the Pop-Tarts. No, exactly. I'm just curious because,
2: I mean, like, damn, it's the biggest superstar in the world, right? I mean, I don't think there's anybody that compares to Taylor Swift right now. I mean, you, you hear it. They don't have enough flights to go to Australia to see concerts. I mean, it's every day. She's still in the news. It's incredible. But, like, I'm telling you, when we got out of here... Within an hour after the show, I had people texting me that I haven't heard from and whatever who are following the Swifties online and, oh, my gosh, I can't believe this stuff he's, Andy Reid said to you about. I mean, I just, I'm still amazed by the power, the outreach of Taylor Swift and the Swifties. It's incredible. It really is.
0: And I guess I'm not amazed that Andy Reid's thought would go directly to Pop-Tarts. Hey, he I, seems I, like a guy who likes to get Pop-Tarts. He
2: feels like he's got a chip on his shoulder. He's like, "Why the hell did I not get one?" Yeah. Yeah. He's like, he's "Well, like, come on." <laughs> either
0: she dropped the ball by not saving him one, or she just assumed that they would share. She but that's the one thing line, you you right. can't assume when it comes to offensive line, there right. is no sharing.
2: They're cows. They're grazing the corner <laughs> of the field forever. They'll steal all the grass until you put a hot poker on their butt, and then they'll move around a little bit. So, uh, yeah, you're not getting anything if it's good and it goes in the o-line room you're not seeing it
0: again well that was unexpected yesterday and there was other stuff that we knew would be topics we didn't know exactly what the vibe would be we didn't know what folks would say one of our big takeaways from yesterday after talking to bears gm ryan poles after hearing what he had to say when he spoke at one of the podiums behind us after hearing what coach matt eberflus had to say that Caused us to come to some conclusions about what they're going to do at quarterback. That's the question of the moment. Let's hear a little bit from Coach Matt Eberflus from yesterday at the podium on what he's looking for in a potential franchise quarterback.
2: I look at situations. You know, I look at the guys that can operate third down, two minute, um, in, in the end of the game situations. That that to me is what se- that's a separator um, for me. Um, And then you look at toughness, you know, you got to look in toughness for a quarterback really is is about the mental toughness to be able to stand in the pocket and deliver the ball Um, and then also have the discernment to be able to move out of the pocket and create when it's necessary. So um, and there's they come on all different shapes and sizes. Um, But, uh, yeah, it's always been fun to evaluate those guys.
0: You know, when you talk about attributes in a franchise quarterback that you're looking for, it's very easy for outsiders to conclude you don't have those in the guy you currently have. Agreed. And the question they're trying to resolve, and maybe they've already resolved it, do you keep Justin Fields and trade that first overall pick, or do you take Caleb Williams with the first overall pick and trade Justin Fields? And between what Iberflus said, what Poles said, what he said here, the stuff that you picked up from the conversation – It feels like Justin Fields is available and that they're going to take Caleb Williams. The question becomes, what are you going to get for Justin Fields? Right. That's the question. And that's where the urgency does come into play here. Especially when they're not being as coy as they could be about what they're looking for because it's allowing this door to open. And maybe they're just trying to entice somebody to contact them about fields. Maybe they haven't heard much about fields other than exploratory stuff. Maybe they're trying to entice someone to say, you know what, they really are thinking about trading fields. This is the time to explore what it would cost to get him versus signing one of these other guys that might be available. And that's the point I think that you made yesterday that's excellent. They can't sit around and wait. No, they cannot. Because teams that have quarterback needs are going to fill them with other available options yeah. guys you don't have to trade for this is the worst year i think to try to trade a quarterback there's too many other guys out there that yeah. are going to be available where you too. don't have to give right. anything up.
2: right yeah and the draft affects that as well i'm with you mike it is tough that's why i you know i don't think ryan poles backed down from that question when we asked him he talked about urgency you know i saw even after he left us he made other quotes where yes we'd like to figure this out in the next you know 10 days two weeks get it done i understand that too Right. All listen, you talk to people around the NFL. I think they all feel like it's going the way we're kind of talking, portraying right now. I don't think there's any question about that. I feel like yesterday it was a little bit of like talking about the quarterback using in past tense, but using present tense talking like he's hey, he's still here. But uh, we're looking for this kind of guy. Right. We're looking for first off the things they brought there are things that I think are the most questionable things about Justin Fields' game right now. So to me, that was a direct, I don't want to say a shot, a disrespect, anything like that. It wasn't that. But I think the things that you look at as a football player about Justin Fields and go, wait, all right, he checks the box in a lot of areas. The things they brought up, Ryan Poles or Eberflus. Right? are things that the box has not been checked on on Justin Fields yet. So that, to me, was kind of a glaring admission of like, hey, we're looking for a guy that can do something that the guy we have doesn't, doesn't have. Like well, That's what we need. I think you add that together, what you hear around the league, the things we've talked about a little bit, the fact that it is real. Justin Fields stopped following the Chicago Bears. He, is, he and his repre- representation... They got things where they were like, hey, we're not sure you're going to be back. So he knows that already. And I would think if you had to make me guess that there's, there, there's things that are farther down the road in the Justin Fields conversation than we would even know already. I think because they know they got to get this done and well, get it going.
0: And, and how about this for an right, idea? Right. They know what they want to do. Yeah. They have yet to have anyone reach out to them with a viable offer. And they're starting to get a little antsy. Sure. So let's poke the bear a little bit no pun intended, although I'll take it. Let's poke the bear a little bit, and maybe Justin Fields will do something more than just not follow the bears on social media. Maybe Fields will come out and say, "I want to be traded," because then it's understandable that you accommodate him. Yeah, it takes and if the you pressure don't get a the lot bears. And if you don't get a lot for him, right. See, I think that's the challenge. You're playing it close to the vest. You're waiting for somebody to call you. You want to try to get the best possible deal you can. And if that's not working, okay, we're going to do a bad deal for Justin Fields. Right. If we do a bad deal under circumstances where everyone's like, well, how are they supposed to do a good deal? We don't look bad. I mean, again, I don't want to make it too complicated, but it also feels kind of simple to me. Like, we're not getting the offers we want, so maybe we can – we can instigate him to say, yeah, sure. trade me, right. and then we just have to do a bargain-basement deal, and no one's going to say, you, you idiots, you didn't get nearly what you could have gotten for Justin Fields. Yeah, Does that yeah, make I mean. any sense? Yeah,
2: no, I, I hear what you say. They're trying to move the market here a little bit, get it going, right? You need
0: two teams. to see, if you're yeah. not going to keep him, and everybody knows you're not going to keep him, exactly. you need two teams to be jostling to try to get him, because if it's just one, just sit there and wait. Like, like you were saying yesterday, w- what are you going to do with him? The-
2: Right, in if late it's March. one team, right, they're going to yeah. be like, what are you going to do? you Are going to have Justin Fields and Caleb Williams in the locker room? Uh, tell me how DJ Moore is going to work that one out. i be like, oh, wait, Caleb's taking the first reps, but I, I vouched for Justin Fields, and there's a bunch of other that, – that'll divide the locker room. I got so one that, other idea, though. Yeah, there's
0: right. one other idea. It's the Josh Rosen approach. Yeah, you hold right. him until after round one. Because after round one, right. anybody that decided we didn't get the, the guy we wanted in free agency, right. we'll see what we can get on draft day. You get through round one – we don't have anybody. Yeah, yeah. I now, you. now you give up a second-round pick. Like, who traded for? The Cardinals? Traded to the Dolphins, I yeah, think. Yeah, to the Dolphins. To the Dolphins, Dolphins for a second-round pick right. after the Cardinals drafted Kyler Murray. So maybe that's the way to do it in that 18-hour window between the end of round one and the start of round two. Somebody who didn't sign... A free agent didn't trade for anybody else. Didn't draft someone in round one. Still right. needs a quarterback. Right now, there's a market. That's for Justin risky. Fields. That's all. Oh, it's very saying, risky because right,
2: right? You, you you do get to the point where wait wait well hey we did sign somebody in free agency so we were like we weren't sure you were going to get Justin Fields nobody's just going to have an open like slotted starting quarterback right they're going to have somebody so then that I think will hurt the Bears' leverage overall too because again the teams are going to be like well we got a quarterback and it's late in the game now and you're desperate. So, again, I think back to our our original thing, I think, you know, what you're sniffing out, what I'm sniffing out, what we're talking about, I think makes the most sense. I think those comments were under the radar pretty strong yesterday. They really were. You know, I know they didn't come out and say it, but from me and years of following football, being a quarterback, knowing coach talk a little bit. Those are things that are going, we're looking for a guy that can do the things that a guy we have that doesn't, doesn't do. I mean, you look at what they did last year, the year before, Justin Fields' end-of-the-game moments, right? That's not his forte right now. It's not the thing you go, oh, you know, hey, he's a little rough around the edges. But at the end of the game, he's clutch as can be. Right, that's the thing we haven't seen. And then you talk about we're looking for somebody to stand in there and be a great pocket passer. Poles and Iberflu said the same thing about basically the quarterback needs to get better at that. Right. So between all of that, the fact that he's not their guy. Right. The fact that Ryan Poles came from Kansas City. The fact that from the little I've seen so far, Caleb Williams stands alone as the top quarterback in the draft. I just feel like it's going that way. The big question to me is. Who besides Atlanta and Pittsburgh maybe, which I'm not sold on Pittsburgh and the Justin Fields thing yet, is really going to get into the action of trading for him? That's going to be the big thing to me. How
0: about Washington?
2: I know. I wonder. Washington, the same thing, right? And some makes some sense, but new regime, right? Do they want to go with a guy that's kind of got... I, you know, I don't want to not a bad rep but if people are like oh we're not sure yet right and there's a group out there that's still like he's not a quarterback he's just a runner and all those type of things do you want to set yourself up for that if you're Dan Quinn and, and company no. there but that's a tough, tough thing who's the
0: coordinator I know that, that's, Kingsbury yeah that's right do the air raid yeah Justin Fields, you can run it a little bit, mm. throw a little bit, right. see what his ceiling is. See, the thing is, we don't know what his ceiling is. The Bears are making the assessment. Yeah. If everything that we are interpreting from right. yesterday is true, yeah. they're making the assessment that they know where his ceiling yeah. is, and it's not franchise quarterback, guy who's going to put you in deep contention, guy who's going to potentially lead you to a Super Bowl. There's plenty of good quarterbacks out there that can play in the NFL for five or ten years or longer and never win a Super Bowl. Yeah. They have an opportunity to draft a guy who possibly will be, and we don't know. You look back at the quarterbacks taken first overall in the past 50 years. For every guy that ends up taking to a Super Bowl, there's three or four of them that never get close to it. But they have a chance to roll the dice on Caleb Williams, and it feels like that's what they're going to do. But then you... Look to, and I think about when he was coming out, I see Rick Spielman sitting over there. Rick yeah. Spielman was with the Vikings when he right. was coming out, and they were thinking about drafting
2: him. Yeah, right. Why'd your voice get low? Are you getting scared Because I don't want to hear I don't me. want to hear I don't me. want to Rick. tell them what you're saying. So
0: anyway, but he's been advising <laughs> Washington. That's right. why I, oh, I I'm gotcha. doing some dot connecting okay. here. So gotcha. Gotcha. you throw in Cliff Kingsbury, and if you can get him, look, it's only $3.2 million for this year. Yeah, it's sure. It's $25.6 million under the fifth-year option right. next year. Right, right. I think part of it, too, is... Whoever acquires Justin Fields needs him to come through the door understanding he's got to prove himself. He can't expect a new contract right away. The yeah. best he can hope mm-hmm. for is you get traded, and they pick up your fifth-year option. Right. You know you're going to make $25 million next year, which, when you look at the quarterback market, really isn't all that much. Yeah. But you go and have a good year in 2024, you're going to get your financial reward. In 2025.
2: No, I, I hear you there. I mean, there, there's positives if you believe in the guy, right? And and you know, I think me me and you probably believe in him maybe more than the majority of the NFL or the public a little bit to a degree, right? But yeah, I mean, that's that's a good deal if you go away. We well, think he is the guy, and he could be the starting quarterback. We've now, seen enough no. moments from him, and yeah. this is
0: the the thing that Peter King likes to say that Bill Walsh said, if I see a guy do something right. once, I can coach him to do it all yeah, the time. Yeah, it's funny. My, my dad and I were talking about this this And week, so we've know. seen enough from Justin right, Fields right. that, like, there's something there. Right. Can you coach him to do it all the time? Yeah, yeah. And I think that if Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus had drafted Justin Fields, maybe they're more invested. Right. And, and here's the other side of it, too. Yeah. We were talking about this last night at dinner. Right. If you're a coach and a GM that might be – in a little danger? Yeah. Might be in grave danger? Is there another kind? Right. And you draft Caleb Williams, you get two years. Oh, you definitely. You buy
2: definitely, yourself a little time. You get a little cushion. No so, doubt about it. There's
0: something to be said for that, too. That's just the the real world, I want to stay employed dynamic that is also at play. Yeah, so, buy, buys you a little cushion. Yeah. Now, now watch. They'll end up trading the number one overall pick today. We, we get to
2: Washington, right? They're the number two pick. They got...
0: The pick of their litter. Yeah, they can do that. They, yeah, right? if They can take Drake May. They can take Jaden Daniels. Exactly. They can take, or
2: they can take Marvin Harrison Jr. So uh, you're right. They could do that. You know, I I think at the end of the day, they're sitting pretty there, though, at the quarterback position. They got receivers, right? That's something that you and I talked about a lot during the year. They got some firepower. Marvin right? Harrison Jr. No, they don't have Marvin, Marvin Harrison Jr. I understand that, but it's a team that's got a lot of other holes too, as well. Uh, and I just I look at it and go. It's kind of the point you made a few minutes ago. You said, well, yeah, Cliff Kingsbury – I just go Justin Fields. That's that. You're gonna Cliff Kingsbury. I, I don't see that. Don't think that works? No, I don't think it does. I mean, again, Cliff Kingsbury. Everything is throw the ball. Boom, 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 boom. No run the ball. We don't have anything there. I mean, to me, that's not gonna be Justin Fields' game. You want to have a little mixture. You want to have. Well, something that goes Murray, in I'm there. thinking what
0: Kyler Murray did in Arizona I, that I, I can see you. Justin Fields okay. doing some of that. Yeah, yeah. Quick read. Get Excuse rid me. of the ball. Don't hold up. on to yeah. it. Yeah. Don't yeah. have to make a ton of decisions. Right. Just boom that guy. Boom right. this guy. Boom that guy. So and then run sometimes. So we got.
2: Washington, you'll we'll throw in there for the conversation. We, you know, I think, had the. Let's see if they'll put the Pittsburgh, the graphic back. Pittsburgh,
0: up. of course. I think
2: we all think they're going to make a move to some degree. The one you come back to, though, is the one at the top of the list. It is the Atlanta Falcons. They have a desperate need for the quarterback. They have an offensive. To me, personnel set that would fit a little bit more of Justin Fields and what he is. Dominant O-line, superstar running back. I can run the ball. He can run the ball. I can fake it to him. I can go that way. We can run boots. We got all these versatile talents, right? And then I think when you couple, hey, he's from the Atlanta area, right? There's that. And then I look at, again, I'm going to you know look into Raheem Morris and the comments he made yesterday. Right When he says something like, too, we're looking for somebody for the best fit for our city, that to me is a little bit of an inkling of Justin Fields, and there's a lot of reasons that would make sense.
0: Don't take Chris's word for it, as if you ever would. Here's Raheem (laughs) Morris from yesterday talking about what kind of quarterback they are looking for this year you want to go get the best fit for your people you want to go get the best fit for your coaches you want to go get the best fit for our city and you want to do all those things like it it, there's nothing ruled out people going to read into those words whatever however they do those things and you can't stop that you know obviously there's people that are from Atlanta there's people that from around Atlanta Um, you can name the mileage of how close some of the people are but you know you got to do what's best and what's right for your team at the right time and we won't rule out anything so that was Raheem Morris. With he said Jones it yesterday. on two other
2: networks too, yeah. and he was more like "best fit for our city." So it was a thing he said a few times. Okay. I didn't just see it on CBS Sports. I saw it on ESPN. I saw it one other time too, where it was a totally different segment, and he was the "best the hit word for out. our city" was to the thing the that out. he
0: kept saying. Right. And see, it's a combination of how do you play it strategically for whatever transaction you're going to make, and. Letting make letting your fan base yeah. and and the people who cover your team have an idea which way the wind is blowing. Sure. Some teams don't care about that aspect of it. I don't think the Vikings care about that aspect of it. I think the Falcons clearly based upon Morris, if he said that more than once, if it wasn't just something he blurted out accidentally, if this was something they deliberately wanted to message, then is it feels or hey, Kirk Cousins? Well wife, Kirk Cousins has Atlanta. Cousins' wife know. is right. from Alpharetta. Right. Her parents still live there. Right. And you can get cousins. Yeah. Without having to give up anything.
2: I hear you. I hear you. They're going to, yeah, they, you know, they'll have to pay them some, you know, probably a good chunk of change to get them. There's no doubt about that. You know, there is the, right, the Zach Robinson, the new OC, of course, for McVeigh. I'm sure he's heard a ton of stories about how awesome Kirk Cousins is, right? So just systematically, I do understand that, right? But. If you're Raheem Morris, do you want to start off your career with going, hey, we got the 36-year-old guy who's got one Achilles tendon and we're going to go with that in year one? I don't know if that's the move He either. does have the second right. one, but it's just big yeah, I know, I know. And,
0: and yeah. there, is a, there, there is, and it's not just anecdotal. I mean, yeah. scientifically, when you tear one, you're more susceptible to tearing the other. Yeah. Yeah, Terrell I, Suggs, the, tour one, those tour were the things, other. That would those were things. Now that that's would scare anecdotal, me. but that's when he did. They right. said, "Hey,
2: you're more susceptible." Definitely. I mean, that that's any of those lower leg injuries. You know, ACL, Old man injury, Achilles, right? Once, you, know, you realize you compromise things, don't turn back on the right way, and all those issues. So, again, I know there's that fit of best fit for our city. But I will again go, yeah, I know Kirk Cousins has some ties there, but it ain't Justin Fields, who also went to Georgia, is it from Atlanta, and let's be real, too. He's African-American, and that is the African-American capital of our country, right? And I know that when they had an African-American quarterback and people were all in it, like Michael Vick, that place was ne- – you've never seen anything like it, right? It was electric, right? And it brought the African-American fan base out, and that place was hopping, and I know – That they would, and that's why Arthur Brank loved Michael Vick and all that, the energy it created in that city. And I feel like Justin Fields could probably create some of that same energy there in Atlanta as well.
0: I'll say this in recent years with that new stadium, even with the food that is good and not very expensive, I loved being at the Super Bowl there. I went out at halftime when the Super Bowl was there and I bought every hot dog I could find because, are you kidding me? $2 hot dogs? Give me every hot dog (laughs) you have. Anyway. The stadium's empty. I know. It's I empty. Know. Right. So they need something that's going to excite and that's going to connect and get people to come to that great facility. They're trying to get another Super Bowl. They want to have a right. good team. They want right. to have a place that's vibrant. I think they get more people for the soccer games. Yeah, yeah. Than they do for the Is that right? NFL games. Jeez. I think they do. Jeez. I think they do. I need to look into that. But yeah. I think I saw that somewhere. So because I think I saw it somewhere, that's enough for me to just blurt it out. <laughs> anyway. Um, you mentioned the Steelers too. One right. thing I picked up last night because yeah. I was working. Yeah, it, it justifies yeah, no, the write-off for the you, dinner.
2: You had some, you know, you I had, had a couple a, heavy hitters. You, you did dinner. have some heavy hitters. I'm not going to blow up your spot, but you so, ditched us for some heavy yeah, hitters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, mean,
0: I wouldn't ditch you ordinarily, but I ditched you for this. But one of the things I picked up last night, the thing about the Steelers not wanting one of these guys is real. Right. As stupid as it sounds, they want to go Kenny Pickett and Mason Rudolph. What the hell? What are they thinking?
2: They're just, they're not a team that usually makes those type of aggressive moves. They believe in, hey, we got our guys in house. There's a reason we got them here, anyways. Draft, develop. They think they're part of the culture. They don't want to ruffle the feathers that way. A little bit of an old school mindset, I think the Steelers have, right? And they're a team that, you know, I think Mike Tomlin, being a defensive coach, He's seen it done a lot of different ways where he doesn't make it all about the quarterback like we talk about, too. He's like, wait, 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 the team's got a lot of issues here, right? And I do think, especially with his success, and this is where I'd go, oh, I wish you'd find an upgrade, Mike Mike Tomlin, because you know I think the fact that he can manage so many of these games and they pull these games out of their butt all the time because of his coaching and the physicality they play with – I think he kind of looks at it like, hey, we don't need a superstar. We can get it done in a lot of different ways. But I don't think their team is there yet yeah. to make those type of guys look the way we all want them to look. So I'm with you, and I'm not totally sold on all that. I, I'm not sure that's not a little posturing, too.
0: Part of the conversation was, yeah. but but that's the thing. Yeah, I'm talking to people who are talking to the people who yeah, aren't posturing. Yeah, it's I got like, you. this is what we're going to do. Right. Like Not, hey, you know, because what... what that's what I believe, that they really aren't going to do. It. I, I don't and doubt that at all. If you have Russell Wilson yeah. available, if he's right. truly going to take $1.2 million on a one-year deal, right. stick the Broncos with the rest because the Broncos owe him $39 million fully guaranteed, minus the 1.21. how would you not bring in Russell Wilson yeah. instead of Kenny Pickett? At least let him compete. And that gets into the whole Broncos, will Russell Wilson be available? You and I firmly believe, and it really is, I I'm not going to name names, but like, until as recently as late last week people were saying don't rule out russell wilson with the bronx like are you kidding me yeah I don't yes rule it out yeah rule it out he's not staying in denver Payton, he's going to be cut first of all Peyton's at the point where he's ready to move on to somebody else and second of all he's got that 37 million dollar Injury guarantee for 2025 that becomes fully guaranteed on March 17. He's never going to agree to delay that, and they're not going to commit another $37 million. That's not what Sean Payton does. Sean Payton has said on this program and elsewhere, when it comes to a team that has made a mistake, you don't double down. Right. You admit it, and you move on. Yeah. So they're going to take a big cap hit more next year than this year, but they're moving on from it. That's just the way it goes. So anyway, let's hear from Sean Payton from yesterday on the timeline of the decision that will be made inevitably about Russell Wilson, here he is.
2: I expect that we're going to know fairly quickly. I said it's the Super Bowl, but I think more specifically, I think uh, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood next week we're we're going to. There's a couple factors here. You know, obviously the cap projections came out. Um, we're further down the road with the draft class. Uh, obviously the pro free agents. So I would I would anticipate it being uh, you know within the next two weeks. I, I I saw this like humorous meme the other day where there was a Bronco fan with a shirt on and there was like eight quarterbacks names with a cross through it you know and and he's drinking the quarterback Kool Aid and I, you know our, our job is to make sure that this next one you know doesn't have a line through it.
0: Well, they've been. A lot of quarterbacks in Denver since Peyton Manning, when you think about it. It is almost like the Browns yeah. in that classic shirt that went all the way down one column and then into another column. Well, didn't but he that's just say the next one? I mean, didn't he the next just tell one. us? Well, yeah. yeah. Mean, yeah. yeah I mean. and look, there's no way. That's a great point. Good catch. There's no way they're keeping Russell Wilson. Yeah. There's no way in hell. I don't see it. No and in the point. next couple of weeks, look. Right. They the way can Russell
2: Wilson handled the whole situation. I think some of the things he said, that just goes against everything we know Sean Payton likes, respects, right? The, the play, all of that. And then the money and all those type of things. I think, yes, I'm with you there.
0: Mischaracterizing things that the Broncos said to him, Right, mischaracterizing the way the NFL. He made a comment about the
3: injury guarantee. They wanted me to waive my injury guarantee. They never wanted him to give up his injury guarantee. They wanted him to delay the
0: date on which the injury guarantee becomes a full guarantee because they didn't want him to get injured at some point down the stretch in 2023 if you can't pass a physical by the day that that guarantee flips to full you're stuck right so they wanted to move it back right so if he did get injured he still had the injury protection but they have more time before it's fully guaranteed that's what the whole purpose of it was when it first came up but it got twisted around and he talks about it and a guy who's a bill parcells disciple is not going to look kindly on that and even without that if russell wilson isn't going to agree to delay that contractual term that was put in there for his benefit they're going to cut him. Yeah. And the reason why it's going to be the next couple of weeks, they need to do a post-June 1 release. You can't do a post-June 1 release until after the league year begins. Yeah, right. That's the key. Right. So if they cut him now, they're taking the full cap charge, and it's more than $80 million next year. If they wait until March 13, they can do post-June 1, and that makes it easier this year, bigger next year. But with the cap going up, see, that's that yeah. makes it yeah. That, I hear you. that makes it easier to say we're going to rip off the Band-Aid and maybe they'll have some cap space left over to go get a veteran quarterback.
2: There's, I mean, again, there's going to be options. And I think with Sean Payton, his offense, his confidence in himself, right, what his offense can do, yeah, I, I wouldn't be shocked to see them draft a quarterback, do anything along those lines, get a one- or two-year Band-Aid type of guy that he feels like can run his offense to you know the best capabilities of anybody that's out there and then, okay, we'll figure it out as we go with the guy they draft this year or somebody else, but I don't think he's going to be scared to do that. I think the bottom line is, with Russell Wilson and all that, there's a guy that could not run his entire offense. There's no point in having Sean Payton, like we said back in the day, right when this all came about, where I went, there's no point in having Sean Payton and paying him $18 million a year, and we're going to run the same 10 pass plays all the time. You don't need Sean Payton to do that. Sean Payton, the greatness of him is he can throw 90 million plays and rules and checks at you, and if the quarterback can do all that stuff at the line of scrimmage and handle all that, you're going to be in a successful position almost 98% of the time in a quarterback for Sean Payton, right? We know Drew Brees was that. He had backups behind Drew Brees, who used to come in and tear it up as well. We saw that. Right, So once he starts to get guys that he knows fit his system and can understand what he's coaching all the time and doing
0: that, that's when the greatness of Sean Payton comes out. And look, something that you said at or about the time that Wilson was benched for Jared Stidham, when you watch the Broncos play, exactly. pre-snap, Russell Wilson didn't doing any of that stuff no. that we see other quarterbacks do. No. Where you're directing traffic, right. fifty-two is the mic. Right. First of all, it's taken him a while to get the play in. Anyway, exactly that was an right. issue with Nathaniel Hackett. Yep. It was An issue again this year. Right. It was Sean an issue Tons. in Seattle. It limits the amount of time that you have to assess. When there's there's a certain truth about let Russ cook. Yeah. Russ wants to cook on the fly. wants Russ yeah, Russ Right. wants to drop hands. back. He wants to look at the. Rush wants and to make, make magic. Move. Right. Yeah. He wants to cook. Right post-snap yeah he and you know, all that interested in lining up the yeah, ingredients he doesn't dice up the onions exactly that's that stuff. he just right. wants to throw it all in the pot right. and go let's right. go baby right and I think that is the basic fundamental ultimate reason why it's not working and why there's going to be a change before we take a break yeah of the available guys Ooh. who have playing experience right. who stands out if anyone as a Sean Payton guy
2: I know you know and uh, I need to think about this more but I feel it like Guys are like Ryan Tannehill, I would not be shocked to go, oh, okay, that guy can run the offense and do the things he likes to do. There's, I think, going to be maybe a chance at Mac Jones, right? Who else am I missing out there that we've talked about that could be uh Cousins available. doesn't fit there, does he? I mean, Cousins He'd, would it's fit. It's too much. It's I mean, too much. I would think that would be a lot to have the Russell hit, and then if Kirk Cousins is looking for something market type, that's going to be. But he certainly would fit that offense. He would. I think Peyton. He's a poor man's Drew Brees in a lot of
0: ways. But I think Peyton was would be far more drawn to the idea of finding a guy who is perceived as a failure and turning him into a I, star. I hear you there. Like he did with Drew Brees. Right. Drew Brees was not a no-brainer, got to sign this guy and all your problems are answered. He had a messed up shoulder. It was him and the Dolphins. The Dolphins, he wanted to sign with Miami and the Dolphins said, well, at least the Dolphins doctor. Remember the doctor who, as Nick Saban said, didn't know his ass from a bag of sand. (laughs) That doctor said, we can't sign this guy. So this was all reclamation rehab. And I think if you want to win the PR battle long term against anyone who would say, Sean Payton didn't know how to coach Russell Wilson. Sean Payton was the problem, not Russell Wilson. If you bring in a guy who's embattled, who has struggled, who is perceived to have failed elsewhere, and you turn him into a great quarterback, you prove that you were the one who, were, who was right. Yeah. You know how to find a quarterback right. and make him work within your system. No, I, I think there's, there's some validity to
2: what you're saying there and what a coach thinks and how he thinks that way. Definitely. Who so. was
0: telling us yesterday about the whole idea? Because we talked to so many different people, I can't remember. You don't want the quarterback to jump off the high dive on every play. Wasn't yeah. that a Peyton thing? Uh, yes. Who was saying it? Oh, gosh. Who was
2: saying that to us? Somebody
0: was saying it. Well, yeah. I just can't remember who. I,
2: I can't remember, too. You want to make
0: it easy for right. the quarterback. Well, it
2: doesn't need to be, you know, like what we talk about with Josh Allen sometimes. He's always on the high dive, and we're like, what's he going to do? Is he going to do the triple gainer here yeah. or whatever? Triple Indy. Triple Indy, right. You know, <laughs> is he going to do that, or is he going to do nine backflips? And, and – yeah, I, well, who the heck was it? But at the at the end of the day, the point was how about we. Oh, it was Kevin O'Connell, I think, wasn't it? I don't think it was him. No, it wasn't. I remember that. He was making the point. I remember of, everything Kevin O'Connell Let's said. Let's not make the quarterback be a hero, you know, 50 times a game. How about we just, you know, execute the offense
0: and you got to be a hero like three times a game. It might have
2: been Brian Callahan. Yeah, it might have been Brian Callahan. Well, you know what? We'll find out
0: because he's coming up next. we're, We're playing Brian Callahan's interview from yesterday. Before the roller coaster ride started, when we went live for three hours, we talked to the new Titans head coach, Brian Callahan. You'll hear him next, and you'll find out, as will we, whether or not he's the one that talked about not having the quarterback jump off the high dive. More PFT live right after this. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through,
1: it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't
3: a road trip. It was just a really long drive.
1: So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.
0: Our coverage of the 2024 Scouting Combine continues here from Indianapolis. Joining us now, the brand new head coach of the Tennessee Titans via the Cincinnati Bengals, he is... Brian Callahan. Brian, congratulations on the new job. Welcome.
3: Thank you very much. Good to be here. Good, yeah, Where's good. your Titans gear? Oh, I, I've always been a non-logo guy. At the oh, company. he's not yeah. a logo. Well, you know, he's got a lot of money now, so he's yeah. like, I'll buy designer stuff. I don't need this
2: Titans stuff. Just my, yeah, this is my, my grace. I stay, try to stay. Incognito. Right? Yeah. yeah, That's good. I, that's a way to do it. Don't want to walk down the street. All right. So, I mean, the process, yep. right? You know, I, I, you're, you're taking interviews. I know you did a little last year, yep. right? But this year, kind of just take us through what yeah. went down, how it all shook out with the Titans here.
3: Yeah, it was great. I, I, I had it happened s- so fast. It did. Right. Um, I had four interviews with, with a couple of teams on Zoom, that kind of first round. Yeah. Uh, and then I had three, three set up, including the Titans, uh, for the following week when we were allowed to interview. Um, but I had a kind of an immediate connection with, with Rand Carthon, uh, and, and and Amy um, just everything about the building felt great yeah. it was a place that I felt like I wanted to be and then when I got there in person uh, that Monday uh, it confirmed all the things that I felt and so it happened really fast I wanted them they wanted me and uh, and it worked out great you got a young talented quarterback yep. right will Levis I mean I think we were,
2: we were all and we loved him impressed yeah. right yeah. I, I exceeded my expectations yeah. coming out in the draft what do you take from you know, your Burrow tutelage and everything you went with
3: him and him being a superstar and, you know, yeah. apply this to Will Levis now? I've been fortunate to be around a lot of good quarterbacks. Yeah. And so to have the ability to take all those experiences and try to help Will. Uh, but I think the most important part for, for Will is that he just is Will. Yeah. And I can use a lot of things to help and, and offer advice and things that other guys have done, but ultimately it's going to be what, what he's most comfortable with and what he does the best. Um, but, man, he's he's competitive, he's tough, he's talented. I'm excited to work with him. Yeah, what like yeah? When you watched film of him, well, what kind of popped to you? Where you're like, oh man! You see his intensity and his energy, right? Um, I think he really wants to be a great player. Uh, he plays really hard. I think you felt that team buy into his, yeah. um, his demeanor, his style uh, over the course of the second half of the season, and um, and he's got talent on top of it. Right. I mean, he's got a great he's got great feet, he's a great athlete. Uh, his release is really quick. He, he's accurate. He's got things to improve on, but. Um, they're all things that are very improvable. Yeah,
0: Brian. One of the issues last year with him, though, was he was a little too energetic. He did a little too much. Mike Vrabel had to try to reel it in a little bit. How do you strike that balance? You come up from a place where the quarterback's been injured yeah. a few times. How do you keep a guy active when it comes to possibly taking off down the field, but also find a
3: way to keep him healthy? Be smart. You know, I think it's it's important for for quarterbacks. He's he's a young player, hasn't played a lot yet, but he has to understand that. The, the franchise rides on his shoulders, too. And so uh, for everyone to have success, he has to be available and has to be playing. And so there's a time and a place to be smart about what you where you put your body at risk. When it's 3rd and 10 to win a game and you got to go dive to get a first down or put your shoulder down, then that's probably the place for it. But 1st uh, and 10 in the first quarter, uh, you yeah, can probably be get, a get down or get out of bounds, maybe throw <laughs> right. it away even. Yeah. I hear that. You you Will you go through the process of – you know,
2: teaching Will Levis through Joe Burrow a little bit. Like, yeah. will you hit those cut ups and you'll use that to,
3: to kind of tutelage in, in the, the new offense? That'll be the starting point. Yeah. yeah right. and, and you hope that pretty quickly as, as you get through OTAs, you're using a lot more of your own film uh, as you get in the training camp. But yeah, that's a starting point. Obviously, five years of experience there with that offense. And. Um, we still got to figure out what we're good at too and, and it's, we're going to look a little different than Cincinnati probably when it's all said and Okay, done. that's what I wanted to ask you. That was got my it. next question. Wait, thank you for leading me there. It, a,
2: your offensive style how would you How would you
3: kind of you know, say that out loud to all of us and our viewers? Yeah, I think that it, ultimately one of the things that Tennessee has been known for over the, its tenure in Nashville has been a toughness and a physicality yeah. that Run the um, ball. has been part of it and we'll still do that. Obviously yeah. I, have a, I have a line coach that uh, likes to be physical around the football. Yeah, um, right. Dad's there. Yeah, but I think there's in today's game, you have to be able to pass the ball effectively. Um, you have to have a balance between a, a vertical threat game and, and being able to have that controlled, patient passing game, which is, I think, one of the things we did really well in Cincinnati. Uh, but But there's a mix, and I think ultimately when you're talking about good offenses – this, in this league, the best ones throw the ball really well, and so we're trying to get to that point. So
2: it'll look Cincinnati-ish, but you're going to have your own spin on it. We it's, will have our own spin, yeah, and we'll,
3: yeah. we'll have what you know. we have different players than we had in Cincinnati, yeah, right. so we, we have to find ways uh, to put those guys in a good spot and, and let them have success. Right. On
0: that point, I heard something last night, and I decided to file it away because I knew I was going to be talking to you today. Derrick Henry, yeah. is he part of the future for the Tennessee Titans as he prepares to become a free agent?
3: Yeah, he is a free agent. Um, He's going to probably go through that process. We're still getting through all the free agency plan and process we're going to have. But as I've said before, I'm not against good players. Uh, He fits any offense, I think, in the league. Uh, he's been a fantastic face of the Titans for for a long time now and so uh, if there's something that we can work out, I certainly am open to, to that possibility. Obviously it's a two-way street as well. So.
0: you want to give him the chance to see what else is out there though before yeah, you would I get think, into
3: it? I think he feels that it's probably where he's headed to start and then um, but we'll have those conversations as we move forward. Um, he'll be he'll be in the loop and we'll have we'll talk to him as it, as it opens up and gets started. You you brought up your father. I, I want to ask you about it. I mean, I, you know, I don't know if everybody knows
2: that your dad is, in my opinion, him, Steve Scarnecki are like the best offensive line yeah. coaches the last twenty years. When you got the job, were you like, no doubt, I want dad? Or is there thinking like, oh, I don't know, maybe it's not a good look if I bring dad in on the coaching staff? Like, yeah. how do you kind of you know juggle that in your That's brain?
3: That's an interesting question because he he was actually the year before as I was in the interview process. We had sort of come to the agreement that that we wouldn't go down that road. That he, <laughs> right. was, he loved being in Cleveland. He loved working for Kevin Stefanski. He loved uh, his room there, those linemen there, and yeah. so uh, that wasn't on the cards that first time around. And so the way it worked out this time is, I think he just it became much more real in the moment. And as I'm going for the press conference and he's watching me on TV, I think he had a moment where he's like, you know, I, I think I would like to do this. And, oh. and we had had conversations, but I just had assumed to start that what he said last what he said year last was year what was, held up. Yeah, and, right. Uh, and and I said obviously I'd love to have you if you if you want to do this but there's a dynamic there that you have to be mindful of and, and we had to talk through all the you know possibilities and ups and downs and cuz that's the way pro football is I'm the is. boss yeah. now dad you yeah. can't
2: be telling me things like you're <laughs> yeah. the boss
3: I'm the boss I'll say this there's nobody bossing him around um which is a good thing he's yeah. he's he's as good at he's as good at his job as anybody in football but it's been a dream come true for me to be able to work with my dad can, and can, can go you to work. can
2: you like you must like what's the first thing you can't wait to say to your dad you want to
3: like you know throw some four-letter words at him at no. practice like hey dad no.
2: what the hell are you doing No I, I you know
3: that the cool part is we get along really really well Right. And so our day-to-day process is is really fun um, you know I get to go have a cup of coffee with him in the morning and I'll talk about what I got going on for the day and where we need to go offensively and uh, we talk about all the nitty-gritty things that line coaches like to talk about <laughs> right. um, but it's it's been awesome I've really enjoyed every awesome. second of it yeah, yeah good for you man what drew you to the family business to make that's you want to do what your dad does that's a good question I, I just n- never knew any different um when I finished playing I knew I wanted to be and I was not a good football player I was very average but um on a good day I just knew I wanted to be around football because I just I've been around it my whole life and I GA'd at UCLA for two years, and at the end of that, I I was going to decide if I wanted to continue coaching or go a different direction, Um, and I just decided that I really got got bit by the bug. I I loved it. I loved the relationships. I loved working with players. I loved um, the chess match, the schematics. All those things appealed to me uh, and really enjoyed it, and so I said, you know, I think this is what I'm going to do, and I told my mom, and she was about ready to disown me, but... Uh, it's worked out you're selling yourself
0: short too <laughs> average quarterbacks don't play at UCLA yeah, right, they play at yeah. Texas yeah. not at UCLA yeah.
3: so, I was yeah, a walkout see what they got to deal with yeah. yeah I get it I get it I mean
0: geez this guy over here
2: some uh, some yeah. do. Uh, 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 uh he flustered me now but um, <laughs> when, you look, when, you look, when you do look at your team right and, and you guys are kind of I don't want to say rebuild but you got to retool a little bit is there one specific area you look at to go this has got to improve right here
3: I think we need to, We just need to keep adding as many good players as we can add, whether it's in free agency or the draft. Try to up the competition at every position uh, and add guys that can help us score points. I mean, yeah. obviously, it's been a thing that, yeah. that you have but to score points w- in the NFL, right. and there hasn't been enough of those. And so um, that's my job to do that. And I think I'm really excited about Denard Wilson, our defensive coordinator, and the staff that we put together on defense. I think they're going to do a great job. Uh, they got great energy, great personality. But – uh, the more good players we can add, the better. Yeah. I think it's, it's been a competitive team for a long time. Uh, you know, I think they lost seven one-score games last year, so it's not like they're far away from being competitive. We just got to keep adding to it. Yeah,
2: yeah. La- la- last thing, I know you got to go, but I, I got to ask you this just because I'm a fan. We're all a fan of the guy. I mean, Joe Burrow, mm-hmm. what's something that we don't know about Joe that makes him so great or, or the guy he is?
3: Oh, he's I love everything about him. Yeah, as, uh, so do I. Obviously. Yeah. Um, but I think the the cool thing about Joe is he is everything that you see him as. There's no pretense. Yeah. Right. Um, he's no very BS. genuine. Yeah. He's very genuine. What he is is he's authentic to who he is as a person. And he's like that all the time. Right. Um, and then one of the, one of the things that he has that I don't think anybody has is he's got this incredible uh, spatial awareness of what's happening on the field. I've right. never seen anybody like it. Yeah. Uh, who just can feel and know and see in the moment. Uh, exactly. I call him a slippery happening. son of a bitch all yeah, the time. He moves. <laughs> <laughs> and he does. He does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But he's, I mean, I love everything about him. Obviously, I'm, I'm sitting here uh, largely because of how he's played. And, um, you know, that, that's not lost on me. And I'm, I'm very thankful for my time with him.
0: And what else he does, too, that impresses us when it's playoff time, he accesses a higher level real quickly. When you get to a playoff game and you get to overtime and you win the coin toss, are you taking the ball or are you
3: kicking it? I mean, obviously, everything would say right now that you'd uh, you'd kick, (laughs) but but I I can't say that that would be my answer three weeks ago. Yeah, right. I hear you. No, it's a tough. It's a it's a legitimate question. Yeah, everything would say odds wise that it's it's negligible, probably at the end of the day, but. Um, it put a spotlight on, on how you approach that. And yeah, We'll all be having those conversations yes. all off season. I'm Quarterback sure. on Absolutely. the other side, I think, has a, a big yeah, say it's in true. that, too. Sure right? does. Oh, yeah. it's
0: Mahomes' 15? Yeah. Uh Yeah, we'll kick it.
3: Uh, yeah. yeah sure <laughs> right. does. Hey,
2: Brian,
0: congratulations again. Thank it's great to much. talk to you. We hope to talk to you again real soon. We can't wait to see what the Titans do this year. Awesome. Thank you for so, having Ryan, me. We'll be back man. with more cool from up. the Combine yeah. right
3: after this. Appreciate it. Right.
0: Indiana Convention Center in the background. That is where everything has been happening this week so far. The workouts start at some point. I don't know when because we aren't allowed in Lucas Oil Stadium. Right? We are allowed in Indiana Convention Center, and we are here. We're going to have some defensive line, edge rusher, and linebacker prospects coming up in the some second ballers hour. coming
2: out. I mean, some ballers, some guys that we're definitely going <sighs> to dominate the news cycle here. You know, as far
0: as the first two round. You know, type of defense and pass rusher. So I'm excited to size them up. We don't know what these guys are going to do in the NFL, but there was a time when we're getting ready for the scouting combine and Chris Jones was one of the prospects. That's right. Chris Jones had a wardrobe malfunction when he was running. Oh, that's right. The 40. Speaking of ballers coming right. out, speaking of peacock. <laughs> but but uh, um, I digress. <laughs> we 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 never know where those stars of tomorrow are going to come from, right. and when they get into the NFL, it's time to get compensated once you perform. So,
2: one thing I'll say with this, just real hit hit on that a little bit, just uh, just real quick before we get to it, the D linemen are one of those where you know you can look at a little bit. And the eye test does have some value, right? How so? Well, right, not that every guy that looks like a freak is always comes in as a freak, but there is something to that, right, where you just go, whoa, he looks different, he's got a chance. But I would say more on the other side. you know. And I'm not going to bring up names – People that we work with know, they've heard me say this, but there's been guys in the past where as soon as they walk on stage and I see their body, I go, he's not going to be what everybody thinks. He's not going to be the 25th pick superstar guy that everybody thinks. No way. Right. There's a body type. And I know it's not totally foolproof, but there's things you see with guys where you go, that's not that's not going to work in the NFL. Is that more interior or exterior? More, more exterior, I think, than interior. But, yeah, there's been a few guys over the last years where well, he's a first round pick defensive pass rusher, blah, blah, blah. And I go, man, I saw his body. That I don't think that's going to be able to last What the test is it of that time. gives you away? I mean, what, what is it? Because like we were talking about Max right, Crosby earlier. Right.
0: Max Crosby doesn't, he's not all jacked up, no, but he's no, got that. But it's
2: broad shoulders and a big frame and it's long, right? Yeah. So that's like, okay, he's got a chance. It's the guys that sometimes you look at and you go, man, it's kind of narrow shouldered and it's a little bit thinner in the waist and there's not a pop in the. Ass and legs department, where you'd go. That you know, hey, when you're coming around the edge and there's a 330 pound tackle leaning on you, you know, when you have legs like a Nick Bosa or whatever that George Carr laughed in the Super, whatever that helps, yeah. right? And I think those are things that I get excited to watch. I'm, I didn't mean to get us. No, off that's topic good. There, no, but, I like it. Yeah. I like it. I'm trying yeah. to
0: figure out how this all works. Yeah. And you want to be able to, and this is what the teams are doing is they eyeball these guys who yeah. are the ones that are going to project to being capable right. in the NFL and which ones aren't. So, the Chiefs have a couple of capable defensive players who are up for free agency. Chris Jones, they could franchise tag him. It would be over $32 million if they do. Legereus Sneed, great corner. They could tag him as well. You only have one tag to use. Here is Brett Veach, general manager of the Chiefs from yesterday, talking about the hope that they can re-sign both Jones and Sneed.
1: The, m- the more you win, I mean, the more you got to pay players. And obviously, when you have this amount of success, you're, you're paying a lot of... Players a lot of money, and then it's equally as tough because you're drafting late. So there's challenges. Um, we'll go through them and we'll always put our best foot forward. Certainly want to do what we can to try to keep both those players, and that's going to be our goal and intent. Uh, hopefully, we're able to figure something out, um, but every free agency is different, unique, and crazy. And so, but our, you know, it, we do have one tag, and I anticipate probably using it. Uh, to help us, but I think our goal is to try to get both those players done and then work down the rest of our roster. Reportedly, the
0: Chiefs are prepared to tag LeJarrius Sneed, and they could tag him and trade him. Yeah, That would mean either getting Chris Jones signed or risking that he becomes a yeah, free agent. Right. And see, the problem with tagging Jones, if you tag him at 32160000 million, he's been tagged before by yeah, the Chiefs. Right. Before he did his long-term deal, they tagged him, so... Next year's tag would be a 44% bump over $32 million by rule. Right. So how do you even begin to negotiate a long-term deal off the tag? That's the problem. And it's almost like they need to let Chris Jones see what his market is. Like what the Vikings are yeah. doing right with yeah. Kirk Cousins. Right. We know what we're willing to spend. We need you to come to the conclusion that that is the right amount for yeah. you. And if that means exposing him to free agency— and running the risk of someone saying we're willing to pay this guy a premium just to get him the hell away from the Chiefs, which used to be a thing. I remember when there was almost like this unspoken understanding in NFL circles early in the life cycle of free agency to just break up the Cowboys. Pay whatever you have to pay to get another one of these guys off the Cowboys. Let's just end the Cowboys. (laughs) So I think that's the risk they're taking, that someone is going to say – Okay, we're gonna break the bank for Chris Jones, even yeah. though he's maybe got two. Who knows? I don't want to sell him short. Yeah, maybe he can play deep into his thirties. There's only so much a human body can take, though, all of right. all the pounding, especially in the interior aspect of it. But if somebody says we are determined to make this guy not a chief, even if it hurts us, we're getting this guy away from the yeah, Chiefs.
2: Yeah, it's it's really a, an interesting topic. <clears throat> I, you know, I think there's a, a lot of different ways it can go. I think the one thing I look at is, you know, I I feel like. One, if you're just going to, like, finding Chris Jones of the world, to me, is harder than finding the Legereus Sneeds of the world. That would be the first thing I would say. Just to find a 330-pound absolute monster freak in the middle of your defense does not happen a lot. It's, not, it's hard, right? I'm not saying it's easy to find the Legereus Sneeds of the world, but I do think it's easier than trying to find a game-changing you know, game wrecker in the interior part of the D-line. There's value there. Let alone he is he's a pillar of their franchise history now, period, right? I mean, he's an all-time great in the history of the game, and he is definitely one of the greatest Kansas City Chief players ever. I think he understands that. Last year, he took kind of a hometown deal to kind of make it all happen. It was I, so weird. He
0: held out and missed a game and then, and then, then just kind of m- folded right. the
2: tents. So I, I, you know, I feel like with the Chris Jones, and I think he's very aware of what he's a part of in Kansas City, you know, and this is where I think they're going to try to thread the needle, as you always say, of, hey, maybe they can get Chris Jones short term type of deal with a good chunk of money, but nothing that kills them as a football team. And I think that he's aware of that. And then you do whatever you got to do with Lajarius Snead, whether that's franchise tag. My point with Lejarius Need is, hey, he's really awesome, but they have a depth at corner. They got players at corner. Right. I mean, we know McDuffie's an all-pro corner. The other two guys they got coming up the ranks here, and this is where Veach and Andy Reid are awesome, Jalen Washington and Joshua Williams, they can play some corner too. So to me, like, there's wiggle room at that position for Kansas City, I guess is what I'm trying to say. As compared to, like, you lose Chris Jones, I go, who who, who the hell are you putting him. in there? You who can trade
0: Tyree and you can reconfigure your offense. You can't let... Chris Jones go and say, "Oh, we'll, we we'll figure, figure our out, defense. out another yeah. monster. We'll play right. defense differently. Exactly. You need him in the middle, and I think. Right. And remember, after the parade and rally, obviously, the news cycle was dominated by the tragedy there that yeah. happened right at the end of the rally. But we did eventually play the Chris Jones sound. Yeah, that's right. I'm staying he made this some year, next comments. year, and the year after right. it made me think they were already down the road to a three-year extension. No, it was just Chris Jones." having a little bit of what Travis Kelsey was having that day and yeah, speaking the truth. The ultimate right. truth serum. Right. You know? A few a few beers or a few more. Yeah, carrying around the start... ball of forty two like yeah. Matthew Stafford and the truth comes out. <laughs> right. So it's hard once that's out there to walk it back because the Chiefs understand this guy look, if you leave Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes is no longer your teammate. Yeah. It's that simple. Yeah. You're not going to be in a position to have these huge games. In the Super Bowl to make your legacy to earn a spot in Canton, if he hasn't already, maybe already has. Oh, yeah. But if you go somewhere else and the team struggles, makes it harder. Yeah, and don't you there.
2: think it puts more? Pre- I mean, I think there's more pressure on Kansas City around the Chris Jones conversation now because of kind of the things you just said. I mean, he's it's, he's kind of a Hall of Famer now. It's period. It's like that's that's what he is. He's one of the best defensive tackles of our era. He's in fact, other than Aaron Donald, you'd go it's Chris Jones of the last 10 years. He's the guy that's been kicking, kicking butt around football. You know, I do feel like there'd be more backlash, right, from the Kansas City fan base if Chris Jones goes somewhere and still kicks butt and they have issues as compared to the other scenario of Lajarius Sneed, right? I right, think you're right. I, I, you know what I mean? They're going to be like, what? We let go one of the greatest players in our franchise history. Look at all the big plays he made in big moments. We're letting him go? I feel like there's more of a political backlash there with Chris Jones than there would be Lajarius Sneed. And
0: they may be thinking the risk of Sneed going somewhere else and making us look bad isn't as great because you put him in a system that doesn't have that kind of pressure up front. from Sure, you don't have
2: spags, and we got guys like Hudson Allen.
0: And look, the teams have their resources, they have their information, but last night one of the things I picked up at dinner was— Oh, look at you, Johnny Investigator. Well, Well, I'm not saying that this definitely is an issue, but if you're going to trade for LeJerry Snead, you just better check the medical, especially especially in the knee area. Oh, I got you. You gotta check that. Give me those make issues. sure you're okay with that. Yeah, okay. I don't want. I don't want to. I don't want to hurt the player's opportunity to get paid. Yeah, but that's, that's part of what I picked that's up. Percolating yeah, out that there, there may be a medical thing. Yeah, and that right. may be why the Chiefs aren't. Yeah, all in on it. All in, right. and that they're willing to tag and trade. Right, so well. somebody else will take them on and and yeah. and not worry about that potential red flag so be it
2: they're they're one of the greatest teams we've ever seen it's hard now to trim the fat right like they say right and this is one where we just heard brett veach talk about you know hey it's tough you know teams want to overpay for our guys we draft late in the first round well here's a guy that we know is really damn good again i voted for the Sneed to be all pro but at some point you just can't have everybody Right? And that's why, hey, Veach and Andy Reid have been so special. They've drafted well. So they got to kind of believe in that process. They're not going to be able to sign everybody back in free agency that was their own draft pick at one point. And this one, hey, you know franchise them tag them whatever else and then hey maybe we get a second round pick for a guy like jerry O'Sneed. you know that's a big boost for a team like kansas city who's you know strapped in in that category a little bit all right, got gonna take a break when we
0: return it is time to talk to some of the guys who are making their introduction to the nfl and they are forced to deal with us on the way in they don't even know maybe what they will into do something NFL, else with their lives with after dealing with us more pft live right after this
2: You might not think that a few simple words could make you crave McDonald's breakfast sandwiches. But if you listen closely to the sound of me saying
1: McGriddles, McMuffin, you might be wrong. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble.